Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. It's so good to see you tonight. It's uh, great to have my family with me tonight. Kelly just got back from Greece, three months over there serving. uh, She'll be sharing her testimony here as we get into the new year, but we're so thankful. And uh, Matt, I loved your jokes. I think he went that way. Uh, But I think Al does better. There's just a couple of more that he gave me while I'm trying to work out. You'd think my trainer wouldn't interrupt my workout, but he's always saying, here's another one, here's another one. So I I think this one, Danielle, I think this one was dedicated to you. What is the mother of twins' favorite Christmas song? Silent Night. And I don't know where Simone is, but here's the other one. What is the vegan's favorite Christmas song? Soy to the world. (laughs) Sorry, I just, it just starts off better. Maybe it gets better in a minute, all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this great time to just celebrate you. Thank you for these wonderful kids. Thank you for those who work with our kids' ministry, teaching them scripture, teaching them uh, how to worship you. But Lord, as we come tonight in these final few minutes of just reminding ourselves again as a family of what Christmas is all about, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me tonight. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't say, but let me say everything I should say. Help us to understand the scripture tonight, and at the end of this teaching... May you be glorified, may the saints be edified, and may the devil be terrified in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the uh, Franco-Prussian War in 1871, on Christmas Eve, true story, a French soldier stood up in the middle of the fight, out of the trench, unarmed, facing the Germans, and he broke out singing the song, O Holy Night. Listen to the words of this. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And the next line, do you remember the first three words? A thrill, four words, a thrill of hope. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. So for just a few minutes tonight, I want to talk about that, the thrill of hope, the thrill of hope. They say that we can live 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but we can't live a second without hope. The human spirit needs hope to thrive. Hope is one thing that we need more than anything else. I was reading this week and one expert, a physician said, since my early years as a physician, I learned that taking away hope is for most people like pronouncing a death sentence. Their already hard-pressed will to live can become paralyzed and they may give up and die. The prophet, wonderful King Solomon, 2,500 years earlier said this in Proverbs 13 and 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
In other words, hope that is, you just keep putting off hope and you don't have hope. I like how one translation says it. When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. So I'd like to ask you tonight, what is it that you're still waiting for, that you're hoping for, that you haven't given up on? Anybody here tonight hoping for something, waiting for something, and you have not given up on it? Would you proudly raise your hand and say, I've not given up. I'm still full of hope about this. Maybe it's for your healing. Maybe it's for a, a lost son or daughter. Maybe it's for, for the blessings in your own life. Maybe it's you're looking for a husband, you're looking for a wife. As long as you're already not married, okay? As long as you're already not married. I, in these days, I have to clarify things, all right? I want to share with you tonight uh, two people that were part of the backstage crew during our Savior's birth and the phenomenon around that. They didn't write any books. You won't find them in the Hebrew Hall of Faith. Uh, because they were ordinary people. I mean, when we think about the Christmas story, we think about the angels, the wise men. We think about Mary. We think about Joseph. We think about the baby Jesus. Some of you think about Santa Claus and the reindeer. But these people are the backstage people. They're in the shadows. You, you never really would think about them. But the thing that they have is that they have a hope that would not give up. A hope that would wait even if it took years to wait to see the answer for their hope. Now, how many of you, don't raise your hand, but when you go to the movies, you stay for the end credits? Hardly any of us stay unless you know there's going to be a trailer to the next movie. I don't know many of you that can tell me what the first grip of the second camera was in the last movie that you went to. I mean, we look at all that and we, we don't really know who the musical researcher was or who the runner of the second camera was because we came for the movie. But all of those backstage people that you never see on the movie screen is why that movie is so good. Now, if you have a son or a daughter that's a grip on one of those movies, I'm sure you stay and wait and take a picture of that. But Luke introduces us, and you can turn with me in, into uh, Luke chapter uh, 2 if you want. And we'll also have it up on the Sky Bible. But Luke introduces us to Jesus, the Savior who was born then he talks to us about eyewitnesses who saw that. He's a careful historian, and he's very fastidious. And he shows us Jesus, eight days old, presented in the temple, and he introduces us to two people, Simeon and Anna. You never see Simeon and Anna on a Christmas card, but yet they were the ones when Jesus was brought eight days old to be dedicated. They were the ones that recognized that he was the Messiah. Here's how the story reads from Dr. Luke. Verse 25. At that time, there was at that time when Jesus came to the temple or when his parents brought him to be dedicated. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout. And look at this line. Read it with me eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. Eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. I, he's probably an old man by now, and I imagine somebody saying, if you keep eating that secret, second 
helping, you're going to die. And he says, oh, no, I'm not going to die until I see the Messiah. What a line to have, right? I mean, and some of us say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to die until I see Jesus coming in the air to take us home. Could be a lot of you that are here. I'm not sure I'll be around, but I'll be watching you. The day the spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now you can let your servant die in peace as you promised. For I've seen your salvation, which you prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of the people of Israel. Jesus's parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God and many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. And that happened as she watched her son pierced through with the, with the uh, spear on his crucifixion. Now here's the other, Anna. Anna was a prophet, and she was there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God, fasting and prayer, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Constantly waiting. Now, you read this, and, and many times I thought, well, Simeon was the high priest that was going to dedicate, or the priest that was going to dedicate Jesus. But we don't read that in the scriptures. He was just a man that believed that the Messiah was coming, and he would not give up his hope, even though he had watched for years. He'd watched so many things happening. And here he is. He's on the tip, Temple Mount 45 acres, the Temple Mount is, 45 acres. Joseph and Mary are bringing Jesus up to, to uh, dedicate him. Simeon and Anna are somewhere on the grounds of that 45 acres. Now, Simeon and Anna have nothing to do with Joseph and Mary. They, they don't even know each other. And he, as, as far as we know, Simeon didn't even really know Anna. So here they are, 45 acres, hundreds of thousands of people there on that 45 acres for that moment. But all of a sudden, we see that Simeon and Anna are drawn to what they've been hoping for all of their life to see the Messiah. Someone gave a definition of hope like this. Listen to this. Hope is a confident expectation. In other words, hope is not a dream. Hope is a confident expectation that God is willing and able to, feel, feel, to fulfill the promises he's made for you. Anybody here tonight has a promise from God that you know without a shadow of a doubt, and maybe you haven't seen that yet. I'm telling you, he's not only faithful, but he's able to do it. We saw it this morning. For with God, nothing is impossible. In the world we're living in today, people mock those of us that are believers 
And they say, oh, you're, you're one of those Bible thumpers. You, know, you mean you believe in God? You really believe that Jesus came to shed his blood so that you could have salvation for eternity? You need to live in the real world, dude. That's what they tell us. My response to them is, listen, I live in the real world. I face the same problems you face. I put my pants on one leg at a time. I have headaches. I have aches and pains just like you do. I live in the real world. But the thing about my real world is I know there's another really real world that's beyond this world. And I've already been able to see that. In the Matrix movie, the whole premise, as best as I can understand, <laughs> is to live in a, that we live in a computer virtual reality program. And very few people actually penetrate beyond the veil to see reality. In the first movie, Morpheus tells Neo, you take the blue pill and you wake up in your own bed and you believe whatever you want to believe. But if you take the red pill, you wake up in Wonderland. He said, most people take the blue pill and wake up and dictate their own reality. How many of you have taken the red pill, the blood of Jesus Christ, that helps you see beyond what everybody else sees in the here and now? And you know, even as we're sitting here, yep, you're right, Knox, you're so true with that one. He's got his hand up, he's there. And, 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 and the reality is that we know that there is such a powerful world beyond where we, I mean, you can even sense it. Maybe you're even an unchurched person that hasn't been to church in years, or, or maybe you've never been, and somebody bribed you and said, if you'll come tonight, I'll give you a good Christmas present, or if you don't, I'll take it away. I don't know why you're here, but the moment you walked in the door and you came in this auditorium, even as the kids sang, you sensed the presence of God because you know that there's something more real than what is around us. So I know all the kids are in here tonight, so I'd like for you kids to help me to sing this very religious hymn. Can, can we sing it? Let's sing this hymn together, all right? What? Let's go. We weren't ready. All right, let's get ready. <laughs> let's get ready. Better watch out. You better not cry. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's not your nice. Santa Claus is coming to town He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake He knows when you've been bad So be good for goodness sake Oh, you better watch out You better not cry You better not cry I'm telling you What's that song telling us? It says, if you're good, Santa Claus will show up and give you a gift.
But if you're bad, you might get a lump of coal or he might just pass over your house. Every world religion except for Christianity teaches the same thing. If you're good enough, if you're good enough, if you make the journey uh, to, to, to the place, if, if, you, if you turn over a leaf and you do good and, and you work really hard, then maybe, then maybe you'll make it. But not Christianity. God sent his only son, Jesus, to find you and to find me, not because we've been good, but because that we look at our own life and we say, I need a change. I need help. How many of you tonight are so thankful that Jesus came and found you? Everything about Jesus, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, defies the concept of a Santa Claus. Jesus didn't come to show his love to those who deserved it. He came to show his love to people who did not deserve his love. Scripture says, while I was yet a sinner in my sin, Christ died for me. He loved me. You see, the amazing thing is, you can be a believer here tonight and you've been a believer for 50 years and you serve God all of your life and God loves you. But you can also be here tonight and be a rebel running from God and he loves you just as much. I mean, that, that, that just doesn't fit in my mind. That even while you were so far and so long away from God, he loved you, he kept knocking on your door, he kept showing up in different ways to show that he was a God who loved you and cared for you. He came to show God's love. The song said, Santa is coming, be good. God's message is, Christ has come, be free. See, it doesn't matter who you are, what you have, where you've been, or what you've done. God can and will accept you and love you when you come to him and say, Jesus, I'm going to transfer my trust. I've been trying to do it all on my own. I've been trying to be successful. I've been trying to be a great person. I've been trying to do all of that. But even in the midst of all of that, I know down on the inside of my heart, I'm really not where I need to be. Scripture said that if a man confesses with his mouth and believes in his heart that Jesus is Lord, that the Lord will save him and redeem him. Someone once put it this way. Listen to this. I, I love this. The moment Mary touched God's face, is the moment God made his case and here's his case that there is no place that he will not go if he's willing to be born in a barnyard then expect him to be at work anywhere in bars in bedrooms in boardrooms in brothels no place is too common no person is too hardened no distance is too far and no person cannot be reached there's no limit to his love. When Christ was born, so was our hope. My hope is in him. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight that our hope is in you. Lord, in this world, there's a lot of things that cause us to give up hope. And we throw up our hands. But tonight, Lord, we just focus on your love and your hope. Lord, I believe that there are some that are sitting here tonight and they've been waiting 
They've been waiting for a moment like this to surrender their life to you, to know that their sins are forgiven, that they have a purpose for living, and they have an eternal home. See, sometimes the devil lie to you and he'll say, well, if you become a believer, then you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't have any fun. Well, I think he came a little late to tell me that I can't have fun. How about you? But I believe there may be some of you that are here tonight. Maybe you've gone to church all of your life, but you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. That's the greatest, that's the greatest Christmas present. How many more Christmases are you going to let pass and not open God's gift to you. God's gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Wow. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, let me just ask you this. I would just love to end out this time tonight with praying with you. The greatest honor that I would have is to pray with you if you've never invited Christ into your heart and into your life. So if that's you, I promise I will not embarrass you, but I just want to pray with you. If that's you tonight, you say, Terry, this is the night for me. This is the night for me that I want to surrender my life. I know, I know God has been dealing with me. He's been speaking to me. He's been showing his love. And tonight is the night that I want to say yes to him. I want to open up that present of Christmas. If that's you, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me? and say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Others, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Others today, just go ahead and raise your hand. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Others today, just boldly. I'm, I, I'm ready. Thank you over here. Thank you. Hands going up all over on this Christmas Eve. Tomorrow will be the greatest day of your life because you know what Christmas is all about. Let me lead us in a prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? Everybody pray it together. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to find me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my savior. Fill me with your spirit. As best I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.